I looked and I was like, wow, I actually know more Taylor Swift songs than I would have thought. So I figured it would only work on you and it still didn't even work. So I couldn't I couldn't name one of her songs, man. That's why I was if, profiling, dude. If I was you profiling like you. Oh, my ex-boyfriend's an asshole kind of shit, then that's probably one of her songs. So, uh, you know, yeah, that was one of, that was on the list, basically. <laughs> Welcome to Regular Dudes Watch Stuff. I am your host, Jamie G. Esquire, the fifth. You can call me the Commodore. And while I've gone by names, all of them feared on the whispers of time. I have gone by so many names. All of them feared on the whispers of time. And guys, how are things down in Transylvania? <laughs> Transylvania right now, they're pretty good. They're, they're like six, five thousand, you know, pretty solid. These guys are watching that monster and they think he looks like Frankenstein. <laughs> I'm here with Mills in the Soup Deuce, and we're here to talk about our feature. But before we do that, we're going to fill some holes, talk about what we've watched recently, what we've listened to recently, and then we'll get into our feature, which is What We Do in the Shadows, Season 2, Episode 6, titled on the run guys how we feeling tonight and more importantly mills how are things down in transylvania uh, jamie g believe it or not the third most common reason that people move to pennsylvania is because they mistook it for transylvania now i want to know what are the top two reasons um i think two is for cheesesteaks and number one is just to escape new jersey it's not quite escape from new york but again we can't all be snake plissken I am Magnum Mills, and I am drinking a... It's still pretty cold. There's some, a little bit of blue in the mountains if you're watching on YouTube. On my Coors Light, having a good time, because we're about to have some fun with Jackie Daytona. This is Regular Dudes Watch Stuff. Find us wherever you get your pods, on YouTube. Find us on social media, at Dudes Watch Stuff. And please, don't forget your flaps. It's like worse than forgetting how to drive your F-150. Those things are expensive. So are planes. Do not forget... Follow, like, and please subscribe. Helps other people find our channel, find our show. We greatly appreciate it. If you had fun, give us that thumb. Soup Deucer, floaters or not, I know you're not going to be skipping out of the rent, right, man? Nah, man, you know what? I'm not a kind of guy that kind of that does that kind of thing, but, you know, see, that's the thing, man. You know, I mean, you cruise into a place, you fucking feel like everything's cool, and somebody leaves a fucking hideous floater in the toilet, dude. I mean, I, what else do you do, man? I mean, do you skip out on your rent? I would probably make good and just bail after that, but I would clear the air, man, you know, but uh, hey, man, you know, sometimes it's like, dude, that's too much for somebody, man. Too much for somebody, man. What kind of place are you renting, though, where you're fucking somebody leaves a fucking, you know? Well, Red Roof Inn will leave a light on for you. Soup Deuce will let a match for you. Yeah, or an incense. There's some Nag Champa, dude, light a fucking candle, whatever the fuck, dude, you know? As, as long as he doesn't leave a floater for me. Before we go on the run, it's time for some holes in this house. What have we been filling our eyes and ear holes with since the last time we hung out? Soup, hit us with it. Um, yeah, you know, honestly, man, I have not had a whole lot of time uh, to fill my holes with very much uh, things because of my, uh, you know, everything else in life. But I have, I have put a little bit in my hole. You know, I, I, I shoved a little bit in there, and uh, I went ahead and and did a fucking solid throwback watch where i was really impressed it's an it's an old kind of an older 
uh, Robert Rodriguez joint, and it was uh, the faculty. The faculty was pretty fucking good on a rewatch after like, you know, a decade or so of not seeing it, dude. It's a typical like, you know, scream-ish kind of like vibe with the high school and everything else. But it's Rodriguez and it's this weird like aliens are taking over kind of shit. Definitely trippy. Definitely fucking cool. Very well put together. Um, pretty well written. Definitely a little bit cheesy, but enough to where uh, enough good shit to where the cheesiness kind of balances out. And uh, overall, a good fucking rewatch, dude. I was happy with it, man. And it made my night actually one of these nights the past week where I was like, man, what do I watch? Nice fucking faculty throwback, dude. The faculty, I recommend checking it out if you haven't seen it in a minute or at all. Yeah. Check Great it. cast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good cast, man. It's got the Hartnett in there. Uh, a couple other well-known John people. Stewart, even a lot of a lot of random John motherfuckers. Stewart, Elijah Wood. Uh, yeah, yeah. Solid. Good fucking flick, dude. Definitely, definitely a good one, man. Guys, for me, I have been doing a couple of things, right? So my continual pursuit of just like cranking out all the Seinfelds continues. I'm in season eight. They're really humming. It's just great episode after great episode. Shout out Seinfeld. It's really good. Uh, I'm also checking out Banshee. Banshee was created by uh, Alan Ball, the dude who created True Blood. It was kind of like right after True Blood ended or right towards the tail end of that. He started this over on Cinemax. It's definitely got that Skinemax vibe. It's starring our our boy from The Boys, uh, Homelander, Anthony Starr. And so far, so good, man. I'm actually kind of getting into it, enjoying this one. Um, it's kind of a cool show. There's four seasons, so we'll see where it goes. Still in season one, but so far, so good. Um, shout out to the new season, season 16 of Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Three episodes into that, and the third one was just fantastic. Um, but I've also been filling my ear holes, guys. And I got to tell you, uh, I've been into two things lately. One, Chicago 1994 fish played there that whole dude chicago 94 is an out just an incredible fish show like literally both sets were amazing check it out chicago 94 way up there and then i've been on a joe cocker kick lately i don't know what it is but um just to just to give you guys a few things to go into spotify go check out joe cocker obviously a little help from your friends but dude shout out you can leave your hat on and shout out feeling all right uh, just throw it out there. Help for my friends actually feels to you, but Cocker crushed it. So yeah, Cocker was a crusher on the cover, dude. The Cocker <laughs> crush cover, and uh, yeah, shout out Joe Cocker. That's what I've been up to. Magnum Mills, Jamie G. You did not forget your comedy K's right there. That Krusty the Clown would be very proud of you. Thank you. Hey, I got my comedy K's back. King Kong, Cold Cock, Kato, Kalen. Um, I also been filling my eye and ear holes with something else, man. And uh, aside from watching like movies and shows or whatever, you know, we also like to listen to a little bit of shit. And uh, I recently have this, I don't know if I want to call it a weird obsession, but a newfound fucking, uh, you know, appreciation for one of my favorite musicians of all time, who I kind of, you know, kind of set aside for a while, forgot about maybe or whatever, and just recently had a new... Uh, you know, a, a new introduction to and everything else. And that is um, Chris Cornell, who most of you would know from Soundgarden and Audio Slave, and which are, are phenomenal fucking works of art. But his solo shit and what he did in his later years before his, uh, you know, tragic demise or whatever is just fucking mind blowing, dude. And uh, I've been like really hooked on his shit lately. So um, if you're a fan of any kind of 90s grunge or any kind of like, you know, any of his music at all, definitely look up YouTube it, 
Spotify it. Check out some of his, uh, you know, solo fucking Chris Cornell shit. It is, it's fucking top notch, dude. That dude is on his own level. It's 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 up there, man. It's really really good. That's good soup. I've been checking out, uh, kind of just binging Silo from Apple TV. Kind of a an interesting one. It's basically a post-apocalyptic kind of deal where all these people are living in this silo and the outside world is decimated, or is it? Uh, based on a series of books, been renewed for season two. I've seen eight of the ten episodes in season one. Showrunner is Graham Yost, due to Rand Justified. Trust him a lot. Uh, you got Common, Rebecca Ferguson, Tim Robbins, Rashida Jones, a lot of good people here. Pretty cool. I don't. I don't think it's like reinventing the wheel or anything. But I've heard good things about the the source material, it, and it's it's kept me interested. So really enjoyed that so far. Good one to check out from Apple TV. And I uh, mentioned last week, did not enjoy uh, Charlie Day's directorial uh, thing there. Uh, the the Fool's Paradise story. Did very much enjoy Blackberry based on the true story of R.I.M. That's uh, Research in Motion, the company who created the BlackBerry, stars uh, Glenn Howerton, Jay Baruchel. Awesome, dude. This is a Canadian movie, really didn't make a dent at the box office. It's a, you know, kind of in the line of kind of like, a, um, you know, the, uh, the the big short, that kind of thing a little bit. It's real life. It's It's biographical. It's true to form. But it is awesome. Howerton just absolutely slays here. If you've watched the Always Sunny podcast, this is why he had the the shaved head and everything like that. He really kills this one, you know. And I'm glad to say enjoyed it very much. Also, did watch uh, Fast X, the latest Fast and Furious movie. And if you like Fast and Furious movies, you'll probably like this one. I I did kind of enjoy Jason Momoa trying to bring something new to it. It's just these movies are self-aware they they go hard for good action but at this point it's just diminishing returns and a little bit too much cgi and you know vin diesel just isn't like vin diesel 20 years ago was pretty cool vin diesel these days should probably be like doing you know dad jokes or something i mean i guess he is but they're just you know family well guys let's get out of the holes and get on to the hype train give me one up upcoming thing that you're looking forward to well i'll tell you one thing i'm looking forward to man Aside from what's starting uh, here in a couple days with the uh, upcoming season of The Bear, I'm definitely looking forward to that. And, you know, a part of me is still kind of like, you know, definitely looking forward to this new Indiana Jones joint, man. You know, I've always been a fan of the Indiana Joneses. And I know a lot of people have the bad taste from the fucking, uh, you know, Crystal Skull or whatever. But I think this one's going to be legit. And I hope it's up there on the level with like, you know, uh, any of the first three. <laughs> so... Uh, high hopes for that one. Oh, and I hear Tacoma FD is uh, coming out with some new shit, so uh, I'm stoked on that, too. Nice uh, Tacoma FD. That was one that was kind of in limbo forever. I always enjoyed that. It's not like, you know, something that we'd probably talk about a ton, but it's kind of a fun, just kind of watch it and, you know, just a yeah. vibe comedy. Yeah, it's not going to knock your dick in the dirt, but it's a good one. It's a good fun one. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's it's not a DID. <laughs> or DITD. I'm super excited about Season two of Arcane. We, we, we're hoping 2023. It may bleed over to 2024. But man, whenever it comes out, it's going to be awesome. Arcane was like maybe one of my favorite animated things ever. Season one was so good. Like it's way up there, dude. I wasn't I wasn't a fan of, of the show. Any of the stuff, the comics, anything that goes along with it. I didn't know. I just stepped right into it. You know, and it's and it's that good, man. So 
really looking forward to Arcane Season 2. And shout out to whenever they do Stranger Things, the final season. I think that's going to be really cool, too. Excited about that. Um, you know, after going through that whole journey, I'm ready to see that story come to an end. Shout out to The Witcher, dude. Excited about Witcher Season 3. Really thought they started getting some, you know, some some steam on Season 2. I enjoyed Season 1. Season 2 was really good. And I'm excited about Season 3. I believe this will be the last season with the boy Henry Cable as, uh, as The Witcher. So, um, you know, I, I think this is going to be a good one. And then we'll see where they take it from there. Enjoy all of that. Hopefully it's all good, especially the Indiana Jones. Been worried about that one a little bit. And shout out uh, Righteous Gemstones. Season three, as you watch this, the first two episodes will have been out already. We're going to be talking about them on Romancing the Gemstones. And this is a fun one. A lot of great people. John Goodman, Adam Devine, Danny McBride, Edie Patterson. A lot of great people. Enjoy it very much. Romancing the Gemstones. Michael Douglas may or may not show up. All right. Well, guys, that brings us to one of my favorite times of regular dudes watch stuff. And this is where we do a little fish list. I'm going to hit Magnum Mills with two set lists from the greatest band on earth, Fish. One of them is going to be real and the other one is not going to be real. And Magnum Mills has to decide which is which and put his money where his mouth is. Mills, set list number one. We get an opener of Kill Devil Falls. Just don't go back there, okay? Uh, we get Kill Devil Falls, we get that into back on the train, then we get a real solid ACDC bag. They take a quick like 10 second break and then we get Lizards into Lengthwise, into Horn, and then we get kind of this like, like spacey, like weird, like, I don't know, like two minute jam that goes into David Bowie that's just like legendary, followed by a real slow Life Boy, uh, and then they finish up with Loving Cup. Set two, we get a deep, psychedelic, wild 2021 that just rages. That goes into Andy Greenberg, which is like incredible. You better go see a neurologist. Uh, we then get something they don't play often, and it's pretty cool when they do, and that is the Wookie Poo Ceremony. Uh, just a fun, like, two-minute little jam there, dude. Always a good time. We then get John Song into I Am Chemistry, and then they take a tiny little break, followed by Hookah Hood. That's right. You get a nice little reggae joint there. Then you get good old Mr. Palmer. You always love when they do that, and they rip it, too. Uh, followed by Silent in the Night, and then they finish with the vampire's brother. Magnum Mills, which is the real set list? It's the second one. And the set list that is real is the first one. Oh, he not, does not get there tonight, ladies and gentlemen. He does not get there tonight. What tripped you up, Magnum Mills? Yeah, I had two reactions. I didn't mean to look at him. But the way he was uh, celebrating threw me a little bit. I, I get the assist, man. Nice. Yeah. I'm trying to write all these down so that I can, you know, reflect on them if I need to. And that taught, he just caught, you know, my eye a little bit more on the second one. And, uh, you know, a shout out to uh, Wookie Poo Ceremony. I didn't know that you would come up with that one. Yeah. I'm assuming that's an actual track by a different band. And no, it's actually a play on the Wikipog uh, groove. Oh, okay. So now you're all right. So now you're just taking actual fish songs and making other songs that sound like them. Congratulations, you started to write. I appreciate it. All right, dude. And uh, shit. Now it's time for our featured review. Last time, Mills sold the soup and I on checking out an episode of What We Do in the Shadows 
called On the Run. This was actually in season two. It was episode six. Mills, you've been banging the table for this show for a while. Soup, did you have any previous experience with uh, with what we do in the shadows? My experience with this show, man, you know, I uh, I checked it out back, uh, you know, a, a little bit ago, a year or two, whatever the fuck ago, when it when it when it was coming out, when it was relatively new or whatever, and uh, I, I honestly was not all that impressed, so I, I kind of, you know, kind of shrugged it off or whatever. Uh, generally, I like this kind of thing, depending on what it is, but most of the time, I like that kind of stuff. But uh, th- this one, when I gave it, when I gave it the first look, I, I honestly was not all that impressed, man. So, uh, you know, going from there, I never, I never really gave it another chance until now. Well, and that's part of the fun thing about doing regular dudes watch stuff. Sometimes you get stuff that we weren't with with it, you know, for a while. I'm kind of similar. Mills have, has been pushing me on this for a while. I've probably got halfway through season one. I liked it. I just couldn't get, you know, enough time to kind of like see it through. I think it's one of those ones that probably gets a lot better as you get into it. Um, I just didn't give it the time that it needed. Uh, however, this this doing this episode was a lot of fun and it's got me rethinking it. Magna Mills, how about you, man? Why did you pitch this one? I think probably because I felt a lot like y'all. I kind of started watching it because everyone's like, the people I trusted, like, we have similar tastes. You got to watch this. You got to watch this. You got to watch this. I hadn't seen the movie, anything like that. And it, it, it was fine. And then you hit, like, episode six, seven, eight. Season one really finished out on a heater. And I've just grown to enjoy the show after that in this episode especially, I think it's just one you can jump into. You don't need to know anything. It's just fun. You've got the vampire stuff, but it's not overpowering. I think it just really balances all of the, the good aspects of the show. And Laszlo is like, he's a great character. It, he typically is better around the edges. Sometimes it, it, too much. He's one of those guys, like it's like Tyrion Lannister. You can't, if you had him the whole episode, it might be a little bit too much. And this episode, because of the Jackie Daytona persona, like let's Matt Barry do his thing. And it's just, it's just a ton of fun for me. And Mark Hamill is just like the, you know, the cherry on top. No doubt. Mills hop in your F one fifty and take us to Pennsylvania via Staten Island. Well, I mean, we know Pennsylvania sounds cool because it sounds like Transylvania. This is What We Do in the Shadows on the Run, Season 2, Episode 6, the 16th overall episode of the show. Originally aired May 13th, 2020. Directed by Yana Gorskaya. Written by Stephanie Robinson. Starring Matt Berry as Laszlo. Kayvon Novak as Nandor. Natasha Dimitrio as Naja. Harvey Guillen as Guillermo and Mark Proach as Colin Robinson, guest starring Mark Hamill as Jim the Vampire, Madeline Martin as Lucy, Ashley Botting as Coach Swanson. The short block synopsis is, after a vengeful enemy from the past appears without warning, Lasso flees his home and goes into hiding to avoid certain death. From this point forward, man, this is a full-on fucking spoiler of not only this episode, but maybe some others too, you know? So if you haven't seen what we do in the shadows, if you definitely have not seen this episode on the run, then watch it before you watch this, because we're going to talk all about it. And we're going to talk about some other shit too, that might link into or leak into other episodes. So you're warned full on fucking spoiler, man. Blood has been spilled. Go for it. Blood has been spilled. Let's kick it off with our brief overall thoughts on this one. Did you guys like it, hate it, anything stand out? Mills, we're pretty sure you like this one, right? Yeah, absolutely. I think this is just the episode. I kind of alluded to it before, but I like the show. 
this is when I started to love the show to the point where I, I tried to watch it live, but I made a priority. I don't do that a lot. They shout out FX. They just keep pumping out shows that I enjoy on this level. And this made me a huge Matt Barry fan. I've gotten way into some of his other shit now, like Toast of London and everything. Uh, he's uh, got a very specific kind of humor to him, but I, I do really enjoy it. And this is just a, a comedy that has the exact right balance of self-awareness the tone it just works perfectly for me overall uh jamie g overall thoughts on uh on the run here just uh you picked a great one here to just kind of step in like you can pick right up on this without really needing a ton of background it helps but not necessary i thought that this was just such a good overall episode man i mean the whole he turns into another person i like the idea of the other bat the other vampire coming in the game they were playing i mean so much little stuff here is the mailman falls in the hole and then again you know jim the, the vampire falls in i mean jackie daytona is like a great character in and of itself and when we got him for about 18 minutes of showtime like and he's that good yeah this one's way up there dude and just shout out to the needle drop here. I mean, dude, come on. She's so fine. There's no telling where the money went. I mean, really simply irresistible. <laughs> I got to say, man, you know, I, I'm glad you pitched this one. I'm glad it won because uh, if, if that had not happened, I would not have given the show another chance, at least anytime soon. Uh, going off of this one, this was a great gateway fucking episode for this show. Um, I, I don't know that I would recommend starting this one from scratch, maybe, but like, I, like I said earlier, I, I did that and I wasn't really all that impressed. Maybe I, maybe I was, it was wrong place, wrong time or whatever the fuck, but this was a good one to be like, you're totally right. You don't need a whole lot of backstory and shit. Cause you can kind of just grasp it and going from here. You want to, you know, I want to know more. So I'm going to watch more episodes after this one. So good call. Good fucking episode. And, uh, and yeah, I'm going to check one of these out now. I'm going to give this show a second shot because of it. Yeah, baby. Yeah. So I do things down in Tucson, Arizona. Yeah, that's how they talk down there. All fancy, <laughs> like, British and shit. <laughs> well, guys, before we go any further, let's maybe just lay out where we're at on the whole vampire thing. I mean, on a scale of just, like, completely fuck the vampires to... I have a secret Twilight tattoo. Where are we on the bloodsuckers? I'll tell you right now where I am at that, man. I typically like this kind of shit. Like, I love vampire shit. I don't really... Here's the thing, man. I fucking hate Twilight. Fuck Twilight. But I love True Blood. I love Interview with the Vampire. I love Dracula, Bram Stoker's, you know. Uh, Blade, eh. Uh, but you know, I mean, I like the real deal things that 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 almost seem realistic if vampires were realistic. That's why this kind of thing almost gets there from what I'm judging by from the one episode, if it were what it was, you know. So uh typically I do enjoy the vampire aspect and world and realm of all that shit. Again, like underworld, not a huge fan of underworld because I don't know why, but uh this seems more in the world of uh of vampire shit that i would enjoy so i'm going to continue to watch it and see what happens after i check them all out nice i mean i'm not like totally fucked the vampires but it was pretty much like the blade movies and then maybe i watched the wrong shit like i, I never got into like interview with the vampire never did the true blood thing did watch like uh vampire in brooklyn 
Not great. Uh, Dracula Dead and Loving It. Leslie Nielsen and Mel Brooks should be a fucking banger. Was well, not so. I guess I don't know if I call those vampire movies. Actually, did enjoy the Blade series on uh, uh, was it TNT or uh, oh shit, one of one of those fucking networks with the sticky fingers is Blade. I like that. So hang on a second. Who said that? Because I can't. You're just this American human with a toothpick. I can't really understand who. Oh, I'm Zachary Sacramento, dude. I'm Zachary Sacramento. Do you not know me? I'm Zachary Sacramento. Dude, you got one of those human alcoholic uh, beers I can get, man? Zachary Sacramento. In fact, the only kind of beers I have are human alcoholic beers. Yeah. American, even. Since this episode mainly follows Laszlo, let's go ahead and talk about the other main characters who who don't really get featured much here in the episode. Mills, break it down for us. Yeah, you get just a really kind of brief overview of the other vampires here. Uh, you have Nadja, that's Laszlo's wife. She is awesome. She also has a living doll version of herself, who's a completely separate entity. You have Colin Robinson. He's an energy vampire. I'd never seen that in anything before. Really weird. Very awesome. He has some standout episodes. And then you have uh, Nandor. He's kind of like the big kind of like, you know, the closest to like a Dracula vampire, but kind of dumb, a little bit you know, sweet at times. And Guillermo's is familiar, like the dude who's just his servant. So hopefully one day he's going to be turned into a vampire. But obviously the running gag is he's never going to actually get turned into a vampire. So he's been a familiar for 10 years. Really, we only get these characters in the opening scene. There's a little one interstitial scene. And then at the very end. So let's kind of just get them out of the way before we go Full Jackie Daytona. I did enjoy the setup here with the idea that these people have lived for so long and just been burying bodies in their yard that they have to deal with it now. The visual of the mailman or whatever falling in the sinkhole and just coming on with the arm always just cracks me up. A little creepy. And then shout out to the energy vampire. He's he's always great. And he was here too. Yeah, Colin's great. And not a ton in these scenes. You do get the one random scene in the middle. That's probably my least favorite part of the episode. I'm guessing it's one. It was like a contract thing, like when uh, George got cut out of the one episode of Seinfeld when they went to Florida, and then Jason Alexander was never do that again. I th- I, I just think they wanted to give them something to do, and it was just really weird that Kyle Robinson. I definitely makes sense that he would try to, uh, you know, kiss Dodger to get the weird energy, but then the fact that he actually tried to make out with a doll always just breaks me a little bit. No, no. No, no, I wasn't actually trying to kiss Nadja. It's just that the unwanted kiss rejection is one of the most awkward interactions you can have and therefore the most delicious form of energy draining. So, what's your deal? I did, however, try to kiss the Nadja doll and its rejection uh, stung. And that hurt him just a little bit. And then at the end, obviously, uh, Nadja and Laszlo, very healthy couple. They fuck, like, a lot. And that brings us to the Jackie Daytona of it all. Mills, where do we even start with this? Well, we I mean, we didn't even really touch on Mark Hamill coming in, which is going to come around in a minute. How much you enjoy that probably depends a little bit on how big of a Star Wars fan you are, but I think Mark Hamill is awesome here, and you can even hear hints of the the Joker voice he did. He's done a lot of the the Joker in the animated series for Batman, everything like that. Always awesome. And then Laszlo just 
is perfect because this is who he is. He's like, oh yeah, I'm gonna face the face the piper. I'm gonna do all this, and then he runs away. This is totally what he does. And when he goes to the motel, if you actually look, if you're watching on YouTube, you'll see now the motel room he goes into where his shit is stashed is exactly the same, or you know, at least very close to No Country for Old Men, where they have the money stashed in the vent. Very excellent callback. And I just remember the first time I watched it, I'm like, oh, he's writing this letter with the old timey pen with the uh, like it's got a quill and the ink and the inkwell and everything. And then when he just pulls out his disguise and it's blue jeans and he opens up this cool little case and it's a toothpick, your enjoyment of the episode will be based kind of on how well that joke works for you. And it just worked like uh, like fucking gangbusters. And if you actually look at that box, it says disguise on it. It's like all dusty. He labeled it disguise. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, little dumb shit like that is great. And then he escapes to Pennsylvania because it sounds like Transylvania. And we all know that's cool. And I love the casual way that he's like, oh, yeah, I took over this bar because there used to be an owner, but I drained and killed him. So now I'm the owner now. This isn't like a horror show that they show horror, but they very casually just kill humans. The vampires in this treat humans generally as like lesser people. And that's part of this episode is really Lazlo for one of the first times relating to humans on a weird, you know, high school female volleyball team level, but it's still maybe the first time that it happens, you know, all that stuff really works quite well for me. Do y'all have any idea why it was female women's volleyball? Do you think it was just funny? Was it easy to film? Was it the best jokes? I mean, why do you think they went with female volleyball? That's a good point, dude. It could have been fucking anything. That's random Men's wrestling could have been funny. There's a lot of things that could have been. I think it was just the pure randomness of it. Like, it didn't make sense at all. And that's why it made perfect sense. Like the fact that he just randomly falls in love with like the, volleyball, yeah, man. yeah. You know, I mean, it would have made more sense for him to f- to fall in love with basically any other sport. That's just, I think, it just works so well because it's so random. And one thing that they set up awesome here is that when we pick up the ideas, right? This has been going on for a while. Everyone knows Jackie. He seems to be very well accepted, and that helps set up the payoff at the end. That it's been like a week. Because you get the idea when you're watching this, it has been a fucking minute. Like, you figure when he picked up, like, oh, he's already been here for a month or two or something like that. And they never do anything to kind of dissuade you of that notion. So I think that really sets up stuff well. And then the dumb shit with, like, the the Billy Bass, the way that comes back and everything. I I just think this is just extremely well written. You get the uh, Simply Irresistible seated on in maybe one of my favorite gags is when he decides he's going to clean up the town. I've truly grown to love this township, so I have rid it of some motor bicycle criminals. You better hit the bricks before I put my foot up your ass. Every year, me and the boys go on a charity run to raise money for kids. We're just on a weekend ride to raise money for Toys for Tots. And he came out of nowhere and beat the shit out of us. How about I put this toy where the moon don't shine? In the way they shoot it and cut to it, shout out just that the directing, everything here is perfect. You know, because Lasso thinks he's doing the 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 you know the right thing for the first time, and these other dudes are like, "Yeah, we ride motorcycles, but we're we're raising fucking money for toys for dots." It's just. 
the best intentions and that pays off in the end, right? When he wants to like, I'll pay for the, the girls volleyball team and everything. So it starts burning down buildings with people in them for the insurance money. And he does it with a smile. That's the tone of the show. It's really quite unique, I think. And it makes me enjoy it. This is a good a time as any to turn our attention to the music with some soup on soundtracks. Soup, the Robert Palmer song, Simply Irresistible, plays a major role in this episode. Like, all-time great uh, uh, montage here. Anything of note on that and the in the way they used it multiple times in the episode? Other than it's absolutely fucking random as shit, but it, it was a good call, man. Why not throw a song like that in there, dude? I almost wanted to see clips from the video, dude. I think that's the only thing that was missing was clips from that actual video with the fucking uh with all the girls dressed the same with the lipstick and the short skirts and shit. Unique you know? video. It's a very unique video. I'll give you, you know, that. You know, so I th- I think a couple of clips from that video might have been cool to throw in there, you know. Um and yeah, it was nice to bring it back even in uh even in uh what was it like karaoke or open mic fucking situation. Yeah, they do like two versions of it and then there's the karaoke with I think they have a live little guitar or whatever. I thought that song was used in more She's still fine, man. There's no telling where the money went. Jamie G, kind of like you're like the the most fashion forward of us all, I think. So, do you have any thoughts on Jackie Daytona's uh, gear game or jeans gear? If you want to shout out the Barry podcast or even uh, Jim the Vampire here, a pretty sweet game. Well, first of all, Jim the Vampire stole it from a from a fashion standpoint. His cape with the with the half hidden face at the beginning, and then he rocks it again in the bar later was fantastic. But dude, when he volunteers for the for the woman's uh, volleyball team, his gym suit it was like a velvet like sweat gym suit. I think he had like a like a little bit of like a like a red sleeve running down like both like the arms and the legs. This thing was awesome dude black like, maroon trim with like a yeah black with a maroon stripe and a yellow trim or gold trim or whatever really sharp and you can't say enough about uh jackie daytona i mean somehow it pulled it off with like i think it really is the blue jeans and the he wears the blue man, jeans it's part of the disguise you gotta wear the blue jeans the all blue the time. jeans and the toothpick because without that he still has the puffy coat and the fingernails and the ring and everything but something about it you don't really notice it with that toothpick and that and those blue jeans he has like a a, a tux like coat though. It's like a three quarter like with tails, yeah, and a vest, and it's just and a wearing boots on the gym floor. Didn't know you're allowed to do that. I would have gotten yelled at back in the day if I went on a high school gym floor wearing boots. Before we raise some money to send the girls' varsity volleyball team to states, we need to make sure that the dude abides. This is the Six Degrees of Lebowski, where we connect our featured review to the Big Lebowski in Six Degrees. Or less. I guess I can say that this was easier than the Trailer Park Boys, but not like by a lot. If we didn't have Mark Hamill as a guest star, honestly, I would have been like heavy DITC. Six Degrees Lebowski, we have Mark Hamill playing Jim the Vampire. He played Cockknocker in Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, where Matt Damon played himself. Matt Damon played LaBeouf in True Grit 2010. Jeff Bridges played Rooster Cogburn in True Grit 2010. And, of course, we know Jeff Bridges is the dude. I got punched in the motherfucking nuts by a guy named Cockknocker. (laughs) You know what the dude wouldn't abide by? Cutting the education budget by so much that the girls' volleyball team can't afford to go to states. Just a tragedy. Jackie Daytona is determined to find a way to make it happen. And I guess he does. 
eventually, at the cost of several lives. Mills, break it all down for us. Yeah, I mentioned already, it does end with a bunch of arson. And, and you wonder, like, he's going to have a five-bucket-head talent show. I played high school sports. They were usually not allowed to be, you know, have events at bars where they were serving alcohol. And the coach was definitely a little bit lit when she was on stage. And think about it. If you're the team, how terrible is it that you're at your celebration party when you announce, like, oh, yeah, we're not going to States. We can't afford it. I think they're, again, you know, a little bit uh, satirical and heavy-handed here. Yeah, but just really enjoyed all that. And, and shout out the coach. Uh, she was great the whole time. Got got a couple of scenes. You know, everything here. Uh, any y'all kind of any thoughts on how this set up? I mean, obviously, it's pretty stereotypical, but I really enjoyed the whole thing. Especially Lazo, like, you know, uh, when people didn't want the flyer, he'd be like, yeah, sure, going to come and give us money. Support the no, boss. Take a leaflet. See you tomorrow. Dude, you know what? One thing I got to fucking point out here is I don't care how much Mark Hamill is aged or whatever fucking generation we're in now. When he fucking takes off that fucking hood for the first time, it's always a fucking flashback to him talking to Jabba the Hutt, dude. <laughs> Jedi. <laughs> it's actually one of the things like when he uh when they start fighting with the bull cues, like he hisses and people were trying to be like, oh, it's like a lightsaber sound. But you could tell, like, Mark Hamill's having a ton of fun here. Yeah, as he should, man. Fuck, yeah, no doubt. Walker, for fuck's sake. Come on, man. <laughs> and it's, especially the bit at the end where he's walking out and Leslie's like, oh, thanks, Jim. And he's like, how did you know that? And then you see his <laughs> uh, his business card where it says Jim the Vampire. And it just says San Diego. He says, call me. There's not even a number on Literally it. His card her. just says Jim the Vampire, San Diego, California. That's yeah, it. give me a call, man. <laughs> Yeah, no email, no phone number. You got to love it, man. They start fighting, and it's actually a pretty good fight. They move around cool. You get the fucking pool ball to the head, all that shit. Then they burn the money. There's the great joke in there where Leslo says, you're fired. Hey, Jim the Vampire, you're fired. That doesn't even make any sense. I don't work for you. Oh, fire. Now I get it. That joke always fucking kills for me. And then when Lazo's going to try to put it out with the beverage gun and he just presses the water and it's just like the weak stream, both of those jokes work. And then the whole, you know, end bit where Lazo pulls the fast one and just gives him the Billy Bass and Mark Hamill is just, he loves it so much and everything. I just loved the way they set it up. Cards on the table. I thought it was going to be Lazo's going to be like, all right, I'll pay you what I owe. And then he's going to be like, well, after interest and all, you owe me $48 or something like that. Like, I thought that's how it was going to turn out. So I thought it was cool when he just went with the Billy Bass. I looked at the Mechanical Turk thing. I didn't really understand that joke, but everything else worked for me. I just want to note that there are two fairly major mid-credit scenes in this episode. Just want, you know, Jim the Vampire winds up being with the volleyball team. And then he fucking breaks. He brings the fucking Billy Bass to the volleyball games. Then he breaks it. And just his reaction. Oh, oh no! My mechanical tongue! Oh, <laughs> Don't worry about it. You can get those anywhere. I'll just bring you a new one tomorrow, okay? And then the final bit where Laszlo does the whole disclaimer about the band named Jackie Daytona. Since then, I found out there's a 
indie band, also called Jackie Daytona, operating in Texas. I listen to their music, and I'm pretty confident there's no conflict. And I have to say this, because someone called Mark from Clearance told me to. That's a really real thing that happened. It was extremely meta, and I'm a sucker for that kind of shit, so I always love that, and especially Laszlo Dan giving a little wank off, uh, whatnot on it. Just absolutely just a perfect cap to the episode for me. And Jamie G, if I had to pick another episode that would be the perfect entry point, I would say either the one that kind of turned it around for me, that's The Trial, uh, Season 1, Episode 7, the gang gets in trouble for some shit they go on trial and they call in notable vampires or and or actors who have played vampires over the shit this is where you get the wesley snipes cameo or maybe the casino that's season three episode four very cool one where the you know the vampires and their neighbors sean the their neighbor sean if you haven't met him he's pretty cool they all go to the second bestest place on earth atlantic city and uh it's a very good time any other thoughts or questions from y'all about the show? Anything like that? Any curiosities, whatnot? You did a really good job at kind of piquing our interest. I, I kind of want to, it just seems fun. Like I kind of want to continue on. So um, I think I'm going to. And, you know, who knows? Maybe when we're talking about filling our eye holes uh, right here on Regular Dudes Watch Stuff, you'll hear more about what we do in the shadows. All I want to do is point out a couple runners. Laszlo never calls Guillermo by his right name. It's always like Gizmo or some bullshit. Always funny. And Lazlo says bat before he turns into a bat. Nobody else does that. He doesn't have to do it. He just does it because he's an asshole and he's, you know, Lazlo. And there, if you actually watch, at one point we see Lazlo going out to the dumpster and just dumping like bins of dishes into the dumpster. That's because vampires don't do dishes. That's actually a reference from the original movie. Vampires don't do dishes. Like that. Well, why would they? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Just throw them shits out, dude. Get new ones. No, the bus, the bus pan, and everything was in there. That was very cool, um, guys. Our supply of sponges is definitely limited. I mean, we can't just be handing them out like Halloween candy. So you think you're sponge worthy? Yes, I think I'm sponge worthy. I think I'm very sponge worthy. You know you're nuts with these sponges. Run down your case for me again. She said I wasn't sponge worthy. Wouldn't waste a sponge on me. It's time to determine if On the Run is sponge-worthy. I'm going to go out on a limb here and say, yes, it is. I enjoyed this a lot. I thought it was a really good episode. It was fun. I'm going to give it the sponge. Soup, is On the Run sponge-worthy for you? Yeah, man, that fucker was sponge, dude. Um, you know, I, I definitely give it sponge-worthy. You know, I mean... Yeah, I didn't think so going into it, and after, yeah, and after uh, watching it, I was like, you know what, sponge worthy, dude. Sponge, 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 <laughs> sponge. I'm a yes. Uh, I'm a yes. He's a yes. And guys, now that we determined that on the run is indeed sponge worthy, it's time to give it a grade. Mills, on a scale of one to ten toothpicks, how many are you given to on the run? Well, I don't know about this Mills character you talk about, but I I, I would say Hawkhorn Leghorn or something like that. 9.3 toothpicks. Really enjoyed this one. Loved it. One of my favorite episodes of the series. Jamie G. How many toothpicks? I'm right there with you. Not exactly one for every finger, uh, but I, I'm giving it 9.1 toothpicks. Really good. I, I, honestly, dude, there wasn't a ton that I didn't like about this. I mean, it's 
it hit. Like I'm excited to see if they can be funnier. Uh, 9.1 toothpicks. Soup. Yeah, dude, I'm I'm right there with you guys on this one. This is a solid episode. I don't care if you're a fan of the show or not. This is a solid episode, no matter what. Um, going from this, I'm gonna I'm gonna watch more of this. So it was a good gateway one. I'm giving it a solid nine toothpicks plus a splinter, dude. Nine and a splinter. So the nine point oh five. Nine, yeah, nine and a splinter, dude. It could be a could be a point one splinter. So, you know. Shout out the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. So nine, <laughs> nine in a rack, dude. Nine in a rack. Fucking toothpicks, you might get a splinter, dude. Nine, nine in a splinter, dude. Nine, Zero nine and a half shell. Turtle power. <laughs> well, guys, that brings us to... We're trying to get to a movie. You better get going. You don't want to miss one second of that movie. Is it that good? <laughs> it's the best goddamn movie I've ever seen in my life. Oh. Dude hangs dumb. I told oh. you! I told you! I don't want to miss that! Next time on... This is where these regular dudes that watch stuff go ahead and make a pitch on something that they want to watch right here and break down on regular dudes watch stuff on our next episode. All three of us will pitch and then we have to cast our vote. We cannot vote for our own pitch and we cannot repitch a previous loser. But spoiler alert, repitch days coming up in the very near future. So you'll get some of those. uh, We'll get a second chance. In the event of a tie, we will spin the wheel in the sky, but only if absolutely necessary. Don't ask me why. I'm up first here. I'm going to nominate Jamie G. Esquire the Fifth. The Commodore will nominate first, followed by Soup Deuce. Then Mills will round us out. Earlier on a previous episode of Regular Dudes Watch Stuff, I pitched the classic Escape from New York, and it was pretty awesome. But you know what? I want to watch the 1996 legendary movie, Escape from L.A. That's right. I'm pitching Snake Plissken, coming at you again. Escape from L.A., Map to the Stars. Come on, man. Steve Buscemi, Kurt Russell, Pam Greer. This is freaking awesome. We got to do this one, man. Let's complete it. We did Escape from New York. Let's do Escape from L.A. That's fucking bold, dude. I like that. Yeah, way to appeal to my OCD. Thank you. Uh, you know, I mean, we did the, the one. Let's do the next one. Yeah, that's pretty fucking. That's a bold move, man. I might, I might keep that in my back pocket for further uh, future fucking usage. Right now, though, man, I'm gonna, I'm gonna counter that, dude. I'm gonna counter that, and I'm gonna go ahead and relate everything here. I'm gonna relate everything. You know, I mean, we watched the uh, what we do in the shadows, so we got a little bit of a vampire thing going on. And uh, in my eye holes earlier, I watched The uh, Faculty, which was a Robert Rodriguez joint. So I'm taking those two, putting them together, and I'm going and bringing us back to the legendary From Dusk Till Dawn, which ties a fucking Rodriguez, Tarantino, fucking crazy movie and brings it into a fucking shocker of a vampire movie that if you don't know the premise of this movie you have no idea that's going to happen halfway through which i didn't the first time i watched it so it blew my fucking mind anyway great fucking movie full of all kinds of awesome shit fucking gorgeous selma hayek in there doing her thing man you got cheech in there fucking talking about uh, whatever i can't go through them all right now it's got a lot of pussy over there though the titty twister from dust till dawn it's a fucking great movie i think it'd be good for us to talk about with a good time with it that's my vote this week Oh, man. Great pitch. And yes, the name of the place that they're at, that movie is called The Titty Twister. That's 
There's got to be a titty twister out there somewhere. Magna Mills, perhaps you can direct us. I mean, dude, this is not easy. So, you know what? I'm going to cheat. Hey, Claudius. You killed my father. Big mistake. Something is rotten in the state of Denmark. And Hamlet is taking out the trash. Stay thy hand, fair prince. Who said I'm fair? Or not to be. Not to be. Have a nice day. Alright, dude. Last action hero. That, that's not fair. You can't just Yes, it is. Yeah, that's a that's, that's like trailer fair. for a pitch, man. You know, I mean yeah, that's that's pretty pretty tough on it. Like that's definitely an advantage. Y'all raise the, the bar. Trailer. What you went full on trailer. The bar. You, you want me to yeah. knock him over the top? <laughs> <laughs> I got to hand it to you, man. All right. Well, uh, don't work for this these days, dude. This is this is where we've taken it. We've raised them. I mean, from dusk till dawn. Uh, that's awesome. All right. Well, these are three good pitches, man. Not all of us made a fucking trailer for it, but we're all there, man. So let's see what happens. Caster, but Mills, go ahead and recap the options and let us know what order we're voting in. Jamie G, you pitched Escape from LA, the follow up to Escape from New York. Enjoyed that one very much. The Soup Deucer pitched From Dust Till Dawn, the Robert Rodriguez, Quentin Tarantino, George Clooney, a lot of motherfuckers collaboration. And I pitched the last action hero, one of the most misunderstood, underrated movies of the 90s and what we do is we vote in the reverse of the order in which we nominated in that means i vote first followed by the soup deucer with jamie g potentially being the decider and if it's tied after that we kick it to the wheel i am up first to vote jamie g i love you but we you've done the john carpenter thing a bit i gotta go from dust till dawn I pitch this back on silver screen from dust till dawn. There's a lot, very fertile ground there. Enjoying it. Soup deucer. <laughs> um, I love all three of these movies a lot. You know, um, I've got to, uh, I, I've got to go with last action hero because of, uh, I think it's misunderstood. I think a lot of people don't, I think this movie got a bad rap for some reason. I don't think it's as bad as people think. I always enjoyed it. Ahead of its time, dude. It was ahead of its time. So I, and I haven't seen it in a long time, so I'd like to give it another look. Now, I love Escape from L.A. too, man. As a matter of fact, I don't know if I like that better or not than Escape from L.A. or Escape from New York. So that's another one I'm going to have to fucking figure out. But because we did New York already, I've got to go with fucking Last Action Hero. I think this will be an interesting one to talk about because of, uh, you know, topics and whatnot. And I, I think it was a good fucking movie, so I want to look at it again. So that's where I'm at. Jamie G. That brings us to me, Jamie G. And what will the Commodore do? Oh, gosh. 
you know, being a captain's tough. I, I, as bad as I, there's no wrong answer here. I would like to do all three of these movies. Um, as bad as I would like to do, um, till dusk till dawn, I've got to go last action hero too. I haven't seen it in so long. I've, I, I want to rewatch this. I want to remember, I want to know what's the deal with this one. So we're going Arnold. We're going last action hero. Great job. Magnum mills here. First Arnold time, but shout out from Dust Till Dawn. Outstanding pitch. That's a flick that has everything we want to talk about. A lot of great yep. actors, different you know people involved, writing, directing, everything. Awesome. And uh, like the man said, like the soup said, Escape from L.A., I saw that in the theater. I saw that at a certain time. I really enjoyed that one. Yes, is Escape from New York probably a better movie, but... uh. I enjoyed that one, too, so I do not want to belittle anyone's pitches. I think everyone fucking brought it this week. That's fucking what we're going for. There it is, guys. Thank you guys for watching and listening, checking us out here on the Regular Dudes Watch Stuff. Let us know if you want us to check something out. You got a good idea, something you filled your eyes or ear holes with recently. Let us know. We'll check it out, and we'll let you know what we think right here on Regular Dudes Watch Stuff. Make sure... You hit those flaps. Follow, like, and please subscribe at Regular Dudes Watch Stuff. Magna Mills, please fill in the gaps. Thank you for checking us out. Find us wherever you get your pods on YouTube, Regular Dudes Watch Stuff on social media at Dudes Watch Stuff. Like Jamie G said, do not forget the flaps. And we're going to be back next time with a fun one and it's a repitch week next week, boys. So uh, it's going to oh, be time shit. to bring your best game again. Looking forward to it. We hope you are too. Thank you very much again for checking nice. out the boys. Thanks again for checking out Regular Dudes Watch Stuff. We'll be back next week to cover Last Action Hero. We'll see you then. And we say thank you lots of times. Hey, just in case we didn't get it like another time, man. Thanks. <laughs> Oh,